great day, amazing human. Welcome to the Empowered In My Skin podcast, where our mission is to help 1 billion people in this world think in more empowering ways. Empower humans, empower humans. So you are in the right spot to become a lead domino for empowerment today. My name is Inke Chi. I'm not only your host, but I am a vibrant optimist obsessed to bring you empowering content with each episode. We will be bringing you content alternating between longer episodes with feature guests and shorter episodes called Empowering Bites, where I'll be joined by my co-host, Gabby Mamone. So if you're ready, let the show begin. Great day, amazing humans. Yes, welcome to the next episode of Empowered in My Skin, the podcast. Our next guest, ha, is a symbol of resilience, an embodiment of courage, and an advocate for change. Just the kind of people we love to have on this show. So a man who emerged from the depths of personal tragedy with a renewed sense of purpose and an unwavering determination to inspire and empower others. As a distinguished professional speaker with two decades of experience and over 700 captivating in-person presentations across Canada and the USA, he has consistently left a profound and lasting impact on corporate and professional audiences. In 1994, at 18, his life was altered forever when a catastrophic car accident claimed the lives of three of his closest friends and left him with severe burns on 75% of his body. Yet... Through an excruciating recovery process and against all odds, he found his life's mission to educate others about the importance of responsible choices and personal accountability. Born and raised in St. Stephen, New Brunswick, he has since evolved into a respected social leader, international speaker, and sought-after mentor. Now living in Victoria, B.C. with his beautiful wife, Brianna, and her three lovely daughters, Abigail, Bridget, and Camelia, he's a dedicated husband and father who continues to inspire audiences with his incredible story and unwavering optimism. I'm sure... <laughs> you are as excited as I am for our next guest, so please join me in giving him a big podcast EIMS welcome to John Westhaver. <laughs> yes. I need to have you at every presentation to inter- to introduce me. That was phenomenal. I love it. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna bring you along with me. You know what's so funny? It's so funny that you say that because ages ago, like years ago, I I saw him in the bodybuilding world. And I, at shows, I'd be cheering, like, the athletes on. And a lot of people were like, can I hire you? And I'm like, I wonder if there's a business. <laughs> like, for, I wonder if people have created that business. Like, just cheer. Like, they don't know the people, but they go there and act like they do. And I don't know. It might be, <laughs> might, hey, it might be worth it, right? And I think it pumps all of us up. So, John, I think mm-hmm. I'm asking, I'm going to ask you, like, our lead-in question, which I think is likely up your alley. What has been the most empowering thought that you've had today so far? Um, the most empowering thought I had today so far, uh, I'm in a process of, uh, rebranding. So my, uh, my thoughts are like the people that I get to make a difference for in the space of like resiliency, safety, and uh, responsibility. And like, it's my whole message is, you know, you're in control of your life. You, you get to decide, you know, the outcome <clears throat> And so whole, my, my tagline is be in the driver's seat of your, of your life. Mm. 
And so the empowering thought is like, I get to make a difference for, you know, so many people um, throughout Canada, the U.S. and around the world. That's that's pretty, pretty inspiring. That's pretty inspiring for sure. Yeah, and it's, uh, I yeah. love that you say that because there's there is such um when I think about um when I think about a lot of the interviews I have here and even just like coaching and mentoring when people reach out to me like there's such a still a continued need to help people take authority of like their mindset you know their yeah. identity who they are the 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 way yeah. that they respond to life and this any other so so right on on rebranding and continue to drive a message forward it's definitely needed. Yeah, and what's really powerful about that is like what I like telling people and having people discover for themselves is, you know, we are not who we wound up being. Mm. You know, mm. basically, and what that means is we are not our history or who we are in the moment. We get to create who we are and take actions that are consistent with that person and showing ourselves up with our word. You're, ta- you're talking my language, man. You can't achieve beyond your belief, right? So I love it. We are creators, not consumers, right? That's, yeah. Uh, and the future hasn't happened. I love telling people <laughs> the future hasn't happened. Now, if you're a time continuing person saying, oh, yeah, they're, they're time continuing. I was like, I don't know. I'm not a space traveler. But, <laughs> you know, in my belief, the future hasn't happened. So what's so great about that is, you know, why not create the future that you desire mm-hmm. and take actions that are consistent with that future happening? Okay, podcast done. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay, so, well, first of all, your story is one of remarkable resilience. Um, I'm actually, and if it's okay with you, um, yeah. and I'm, yeah, I love, um, that wasn't actually my lead-in question, but I actually do think it's probably, based on what you're saying, your history provides clues and, and uh, messages um, that inform where you are on today and what you can create in the future. So I think it would be worthwhile for you to share on this platform. You know, if you could take us back to, you know, your accident and, and, and that experience. Yeah, totally. It's, it's funny that you say that because oftentimes in my, in my reality, mm-hmm. you know, I forget that I embarked. I forget, mm-hmm. I forget that I was in a crash and I just operate as my normal self. And, you know, oftentimes people are like, well, you got to tell them the backstory because you obviously look different. So something happened to you. You got a smell on your face. You're living life to the fullest. Like, what's going on? What's mm-hmm. the secret sauce here? What's mm-hmm. up? Mm-hmm. You know, because <laughs> not everybody that looks like me, you know, uh, operates like yeah. me or thinks like me, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, so a little bit of backstory. Why I look so beautiful wow. is I was involved in a fatal car crash in 94 it was a month and a half before my high school graduation. There was me and three other teens. Uh, we went out for a road trip. Uh, we had a designated driver. He was sober, no drugs or alcohol in his system. Uh, unfortunate thing, we were drinking and the driver was speeding though. Mm. Uh, the combination of inexperience of driving at such a young age, he was 17. Uh, he'd only been driving for a few years. This, the combination of speed, the commotion in the car, there was four teenage boys, three of us were intoxicated, it was a Friday night, a month and a half before high school graduation, the stereo strength, you can just about imagine how much commotion is in that car, you know, along with, you know, the road being, the corner up ahead being sharper than he thought, resulted in a fatal crash where 
Uh, I was the only person to walk away, and three teens were killed in a single vehicle crash. And I sustained life-threatening burns to 75% of my body. This event was so traumatic that it's caused a blank spot in my memory, which is called disassociative amnesia. Mm. I was coherent the whole time. I was talking the whole time. But I do not remember any part of that crash or the next trip to the hospital or to the burn unit or the next month. They actually induced me into a medically induced coma for a month so they could treat me. And I was initially in the hospital for uh, two and a half months. And then I've been in and out for surgeries. My last surgery, I think, was I think it was 2008 was my last surgery, 2009. Um, but yeah, so I spent a lot of years in the hospital undergoing different surgeries to, you know, to correct the damage of my hands, my face, different surgeries, uh, like a free flap here, free, a free flap here, you know, working on my eyebrows or whatever, (laughs) but a lot of, a lot of, uh, physical, uh, recovery, but the most impactful was the emotional recovery, you know, dealing with, you know, life as a teenager is one thing. We have ups and downs on a regular basis. Throw in the mix that you're now a burn survivor. You don't look the same. Your hands don't work the same. Your body doesn't work the same. You know, you can barely hold things. You need people to help you. And you're, I'm wondering who who's ever going to date me again? Are my friends going to want to hang out with me? Will I ever get married? Will I ever have a family? Will I ever have a career to provide for myself? Mm. You know, so many questions. And then I'll add on top of that, you know, I was dealing with the loss of my three friends. Being the sole survivor of a fatal car crash, it really messes with your mind. And, you know, Oftentimes, you know, there was thoughts of, well, I must have done something because I'm the sole survivor. Because your brain's trying to figure out what happened. Your brain's trying to make trying to make sense of things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, nothing like nothing happened that I was doing that caused other than me being making some poor choices like every one of us in the car. But it came down to like, you know, there's an impact on us, not only physically. Uh, but mentally and emotionally, yeah. and these things, if you don't, you don't work at healing them, they can forever impact you. And I believe it's a continuous journey of healing. Mm-hmm. Uh, as we he, as we go down the road, there's there's a lot of healing to be done. And I like to be uh, a leader in the healing space in the sense of you know working on my own journey of healing and sharing it with people so that they have the the freedom and the courage to work through their own stuff. Because in today's, you know, post-COVID world, we are all dealing from something and it's really impacting us and and we can see it in our daily lives. And so my goal in what I do, kind of going beyond my story, is the goal is to really help people that are suffering, yeah. you know, get the power, the resources that they need to really thrive in life yeah. and, and work through whatever they're suffering with. So it's interesting because just for the listeners, how we, I think how we kind of got connected on, on, um, with you, uh, was through a post that my team, we put out on, um, on LinkedIn because we were doing a, um, um, we were planning for our men's, uh, series in support of, um, men's health, like Movember. And, uh, and it's interesting because this episode is going to air within the month. So, you know, my next question, as I start to think about one, the story, remarkable, 
and in terms of the you know where you've taken yourself and what you sort of described to where you are today so i want to now talk about that catalyst that pivotal moment right because um you haven't you haven't touched on like your mental health situation but you kind of you know gave us a little bit nuggets that there were some challenges that you had to work through so can you talk through like the talk that you had in your mind and how you just started to crack through because i think that will help a lot of people you know, it's it's funny that you asked that question. What's the pivotal moment? I don't believe there's a pivotal moment. Mm. I believe, and maybe for some people there is. Maybe there's there's a rock bottom, you know. And that's the you know lot, that's a lot of times it's the people who are at rock bottom. They're like, okay, enough's enough. I'm fixing. I'm changing. I'm doing something different. But for me, there was a. It was just a gradual. Uh, conversations and mm. and things that I had to work through. You know, I you know. Dealing with the loss of my friends, dealing with being a burn, a burn victim, burn survivor, whatever you want to label it, you know, dealing with like having to figure out what am I going to do for work, who's going to hire me. There was so many things that I was going through. And I was lucky in the sense that I, you know, this crash happened in a small community in New Brunswick. And there was four teens from four different families. If you didn't know us all, you knew at least one of us. Mm-hmm. So this car crash and I say car crash not an accident it was a crash I say uh, this car crash impacted pretty much everybody in that community Mm. and so everybody Mm. was feeling the effects and suffering the losses of those three boys Mm -hmm. and so when I come out of the hospital I really had the support of the community behind me showing me that it was good, that I was out and doing better, you know, and that's what I needed. I needed that support and encouragement to continue moving forward in recovery. And and I'm lucky as well because I do have a, an amazing family that supported me throughout this journey and, and continue to support me. Um, and it was my father. My father was the, the big catalyst that had me kind of work through a lot of those major conversations like you know forgiving the driver for what happened you know that was a big catalyst moment for letting go of some of the anger mm. you know because my forgiveness for him wasn't for him but it was more for me mm-hmm. so again let go of that anger and shift that mindset from victim to to one of okay it's my responsibility i was just as responsible as as the boys in the car i i made the choice to drink that night i made the choice to to you know to to not tell the driver to slow down i i made the choice to not put my seatbelt on after the last corner we got her you know or last um the last time we got in the car you know i made a lot of choices that night just like everybody else mm-hmm. so when i was able to forgive jimmy and that allowed a lot of anger and frustration mm-hmm. uh go and in that moment what happens is your quality of life increases dramatically because you're allow, you're able to let go of some of that anger mm-hmm. you know i was still angry because i was dealing with so much stuff you know on top of that i didn't get therapy i, I refused therapy because i was those uh, arrogant teenage boy 18 years old you know 240 pound heavyweight wrestler i was an arrogant guy that thought i knew everything and get get through everything i did get through everything but it was it was hell on earth. Mm-hmm. It was a nightmare. Mm-hmm. You know, had I had I taken the support that I needed, the the counseling, the the, the support, the psychology, you know, I would have been through a lot, a lot easier. Mm-hmm. 
but I don't know if I would have learned as much as I did. Well, I was just about to say, because like, I, yeah, I did have to, I did have to struggle, mm-hmm. you know, through a lot of these things. And, and I, I did, I and got involved with some personal growth work through Landmark Worldwide and started working on some of these issues. And it was, it was a really interesting going through that process on personal development and, and learning that and the coaching side of things and ask like looking at myself and what are some of the things that I'm I'm resisting mm-hmm. engaging in mm-hmm. and being able to de- dive deep into those without any worry about what's there. Mm-hmm. You know? It's funny that you said it's, landmark because I was going to share with you. I, I don't know if it's landmark. I'd have to look at my phone to f- confirm, but it feel like it's either someone from landmark or another thought leader that said, what has happened happened. It couldn't have happened any other way because it didn't. Because in a lot of cases, you know, like yours or other really traumatic experiences, people are trying to rewrite what happened, and that keeps them in the space of suffering or victim or the anger or or this any other. And I think, like, I, my next question is really about unraveling the anger, right? Like, it's you know, was it one day you just made a decision that you know what I'm taking personal responsibility? I forgive Jimmy. I forgive myself. Or was there like um, a process that you can share with people as to here's some things you can do when you feel this way? Start here. Yeah. So <laughs> the funny thing is like, I don't think there was one specific day, but over time it slowly released. I think for me as I kind of uh, um, was with my own thoughts and was able to process things. Um, when I what, what my suggestion is for people that that are in this space of anger, something may have happened, you know, because I do talk about suffering and and we actually keep our suffering around because we get a lot out of it. Um, And um, what I suggest to people is, you know, look for yourself. What is what is the the conversation that, that's keeping the anger around? And do a little bit of discovery mm-hmm. for yourself. Like, do a little deep dive. So if something did something to you, well, why is that pissing you off? Why is that causing you anger? Why is that causing you stress? Why are you suffering about it? You know, um, and do a little deep dive and really see what's at the heart of the matter. You know, uh, and then when you, when you do that, you can kind of see, well, there was a situation that happened maybe and you felt wronged or um, let me just try to explain this a little better. Um, oftentimes we, when, when we feel angry because of the, something happened that wasn't supposed to, we have this opinion that things are supposed to go our way, mm-hmm. you know, and when it doesn't go our way, you know, we meet the other person wrong. But what if it was just the, the, it's just happened how it happened, Mm. you know, and we can let go of it being the right way or the wrong way. Mm. And when we, when we can do that, we can learn to accept what's, you know, how it's unfolded or whatever happened, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and get to um, the conversation of why is it upsetting you? Why is it angering you? Does that make sense? Yeah, no, totally. No, especially what you just talked about. Like, it's, I love what you said is ask yourself, I'm not going to get this right, but you said something around, um, um, consider the conversation that you continue to have that drives the anger. 
Yeah, yeah, you totally. Said that at the, almost at the beginning, I thought that's a. Oh that's yeah, a we really keep our suffering around. Yeah, we yeah. keep our suffering around. And then we you mentioned we like it. We do. Why? We, Why? We, we do. We, you know, I, I'm in this space, of, in this space of looking at doing a TED talk on a couple of different topics. You know, one being suffering and one being labels. Uh, but the one on suffering is one thing that I discovered throughout my journey is, you know, we as human beings we suffer, right? We all suffer as human beings. Some of us suffer more than others. And we're like, why are you suffering so much? Well, sometimes when we suffer, we get stuff out of it. We get to play the victim. We don't have to be responsible. We get attention. We get what we feel we want. You know, we get all these good things out of it. But unfortunately, there's a cost to it. We don't realize there's a cost. People disengage with us. You know, they don't want to be around us. You know, they disregard us. Oh, they're, they're that person is whining again. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's unfortunately there's a cost to it. But if we can understand that we we keep the suffering around and if we can let go of our suffering, you know, that we keep around, we can dramatically increase the quality of our life in that moment. Mm. That's the second time you said that. I love that. Increase the quality of our life, which should be at the forefront of everything that we're striving to do every day. Yeah, that's what it's about. It's like I, everything I do is is to help people increase the quality of their life. I love that. You know, is to, to create that life that they desire and take the actions that are consistent with that life happening. Yeah. So let's talk about the first talk you had where you start to share your story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How did that come about? So I started working, I started, I moved to Victoria from New Brunswick Mm. in 2000 and I got involved with the firefighter burn fund of Victoria, British Columbia uh, in 2001 and I got involved with the peer support group and being involved with the peer support group and the, a couple of the people I was, I kept hearing this, these people would say, well, you inspire me. And, and people would say, well, you know, you you should do a talk or something, talk to people, you know, because I had positive outlook or something like that. (laughs) I don't know. Uh, And, um, so I looked into speaking, uh, in partnership with the firefighter burn fund of Victoria, I started, uh, my speaking career. And I started working with uh, the Insurance Corporation of British Columbia doing talks to high school students on road safety. Mm. And I proceeded to do that for the next uh, 21 years off and on. And I still do that today. I still deliver talks with ICBC to schools around uh, BC. And outside of ICBC, I do it with uh, schools as well across Canada and the U.S. as well. But I got involved in doing the road safety work because I wanted to make a difference and I wanted to prevent these crashes from happening to young people and really share the impact of a fatal crash on not only an individual but a family as well. Mm. And and since doing that um, several years ago, I really realized that I'm more than just road safety. I'm more than just safety because I'm that resilience, that, you know, uh, powerful creation of life mm-hmm. like my life is pretty amazing and uh 
I, I walk around with a smile on my face. I really have a good life. I live in Victoria. I own a house in Victoria, which is one of Canada's I know, most, most expensive, expensive cities. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I got a beautiful wife. I got a beautiful family, you know, and I get to make a difference. I got a great career, and I get to make a difference with a ton of people. I volunteer with a couple different organizations. I really do have a great life. Mm. And so a few years ago, I started shifting into that responsibility, delivering talks on responsibility, or sorry, uh, resilience, and then responsibility as well. The reason I created the, the, the presentation on responsibility is, is I want people to, to see and get that using the, the mindset responsibility, they can create the life that they desire and take actions that are consistent with that life happening mm. and, you know, and shift their life dramatically. I just had a conversation last Friday with a jail in Alberta mm. enrolling them and having me talk to the youth that are incarcerated because they're, they're labeled troubled youth. Mm. And I was saying to them, I said, let's do a talk on second chances and, and really get these kids to understand that that label that they're yeah. labeled with, Thanks like like troubled youth yeah. or troublemaker or mm. bad seed or whatever mm. you want to call it, let's have them mm. let go of that label that somebody's put on to them and create a label that inspires yes. them that they can live into a career life of, you know, whatever they desire, whatever they want to create. Right? Maybe it's a family, maybe yeah. it's a career, mm. maybe it's a future doctor, who knows? Yeah. But having them create the the future that, that inspires them and then help them with the, the actions that are consistent with that future happening. Oh, I love you know, it. And that's I what's that's what's powerful about this work is like it's not just one thing. It's yeah, like we get to create the work yeah. that we do. We get to create the stuff that inspires us. Like like imagine changing someone's life in jail who like they're there, they never think they're gonna change and and um yeah. I I've been watching a lot of um uh, suits lately <laughs> and um, the best series on the so planet I, man <laughs> and so I kind of you know it's just it's just very interesting like to see like this is a fictional show mm -hmm. but that stuff can happen yeah like we can help people change yeah I'm going to increase the not the language on John your inspirational I'm going to say you're transformative 100% oh, transformative yeah <laughs> And, you know, it's, um, it's interesting because just this weekend I was preparing, I'm getting ready to talk to young kids. And between you and me, young kids scare me the most. Yeah. <laughs> right? just like, they call like, you out. <laughs> they call you out. You have to keep their attention. Like, And one of the things I'm trying to really help, and it's almost like what you're talking about labels. I just said it differently. It was more about taking authority over that, the, 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 the voice in our head and challenging yeah. it, saying, what you think I'm you think I'm no good and I'm not enough? I'm more than enough, right? Like it's almost like we gotta we gotta talk to that person with a level of authority yeah. and tell them who we are. Um, because that it's us that has to get used to telling the world who we are versus the the opposite, right? Which is these yeah. labels that get on us and then we become defined by them. So I love the work that you're doing. Yeah. And also like stop giving away your power. Mm. Stop believing somebody else's disempowering conversation about yourself. Mm. That's BS. That's it. Yeah. Somebody doesn't like the way you. So, so one of the reasons why I'm a bit of an arrogant a hole sometimes <laughs> is, I just and when you I was first burnt, 
Because when, when I was first burned, one of the like, conversations that I had about myself is, if you don't like me, tough crap. Because you're missing out on a great opportunity to know a great guy. Uh. And... I know that I'm a great friend and I have tons of friends. And if you don't like me for the way I look, because, you know, that's your problem. That's not mine. And it one, number one, it was a defense mechanism for me to be with when people couldn't, like, didn't want to accept me. But it's also a thing for me, like, not giving away my power. Yeah. I became this prickly person, a little bit of an arrogant guy. But I needed that in that, in that vulnerable stage in yeah. life. Yeah. But I think there's a we, we kind of have to have a side of us that are mm-hmm. like, is like that. Mm-hmm. Like, we need to be able to stand up for ourselves. We need to be able to say, you know what, this is me. You know, I, I get what you think, but you know what? Your, your opinion doesn't matter yeah. because you're not living my life. Yeah. It's interesting because on the weekend, I did. Um, you'll you'll hear it. It's um it was one of the panel discussions for it was the one that I I was like I would have gone you on but it was full it was already full, and one of the things that we talked about was um, there's a book by um, Lewis Hose called The Mask of Masculinity, and so one of the things that came up that we that, that they were talking about um, amongst themselves was the mask that sometimes we need to wear and and we got onto the top like there was an aspect of it where sometimes it's just the protective mechanism when it's something you got to do until you've either healed from this space, you know, to be free from it. Um, But I think that that's kind of like that came to mind when you were talking there a little bit about um, that, that draw me, drew me to that. Like that could be a protective mask until the healing's fully full. Right. Yeah. You know, it's that, it's that persona that, that you have to identify with until you build up that strength yeah. and that character yeah. and that shield. You know, it's the, like, kind of goes along the fake it till you make it kind of idea. You know, it's like fake it till you can, you know, you can actually do it. I say faith it um, until you make it. I'm, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's a good way of doing it. Yeah. God's my homie. God's yeah. my homie. So I'm going to take you through some rapid thrivers now. Sure. When you think of someone who inspires you, who comes first to mind? Um, who inspires me? Yeah. Uh, my dad. Oh. Talk to us. He was, he's a very simple man. Uh, humble beginnings. Uh, I assume he went through a lot of hardship as a youth uh, growing up because he is indigenous like I am. And growing up in a, in a, um, a non-indigenous community in this in the 50s, 60s, and 70s, I can assume it was pretty extremely hard. And so he went through his own struggles, and he was a, a great dad to us, you know, and, you know, tough love sort of thing. And he was my rock and my sauce place when I needed it, when in my initial recovery, uh, he gave me great advice and great things to think about, but he also gave me space to kind of deal with my own stuff. Mm. And I don't want to assume, is your, is your dad still alive? Yes. yes oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. No, I was, I yeah. wanted to make sure cause I was talking past yeah. tense. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. And he continues to yeah. do that today. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what is a daily activity that helps you with your thrive? Um, reaching out to my support community, my accountability community, um, just letting them know what I'm up to, and yeah, that's awesome. You know, I guess it's the it's the plan you work, work your plan. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's yeah. 
without a plan. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what is a book that's helped you with your, with you, you know, empower you with your thrive? There's so many. Uh, the first one that comes to mind is the four agreements. Oh my gosh. Uh, Don Miguel Ruiz, uh, amazing book. Uh, I've read most, uh, most of his books. Yeah. Cause there's yeah, the great, five, great. Agree- there's the fifth agreement. Yep. Yeah. 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 It's really, really good. Yeah. I have them up The there. voice of knowledge. Oh, I haven't read that one. Yeah. The mm. voice of knowledge is good. Yeah. And I think that's the fifth agreement. Yeah, I love it. But so many like that's like that's old teachings and it kind of, you know, you know, so I'm in this space of discovery with with God and and, and religion and some things like that there because, you know, I grew up Catholic and learned a lot of the things from the Catholic religion, the Catholic faith. Um, but as I look around the world, I see so many different religions mm-hmm. and, and beliefs and everybody's praying to something different. So I'm in this space of how do I, how can I be so sure there's God when there's other, you know, religions and, and faiths around the world yeah. that are saying the same thing to a different thing. So I'm in a space of, of confusion and discovery. discovery. But what I, when I, the reason I say that, bring that to the reason I talk about that is, you know, there is a a powerful benefit to individuals with a community-based or a church-based community. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so much that that is provided to individuals mm-hmm. in that church community. Mm-hmm. It just beyond like even religion, but just that community mm-hmm. aspect. Yeah. And I think when we lose religion, you know, we lose that 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 community and those those teachings and that support structure yeah. it's interesting because the way i saw so a catholic as well <laughs> my diehard yeah. actually well, my mom um would love me to be way more diehard than i am um but as i got older i, I like you um i started to really um probably about eight years ago i think um it was through a friend of mine who encouraged me to think about relationship versus religion because I think I struggled with the religion. When I turned to relationship, that's when I recognized that, to your point, wow, there's so many people that have a spiritual connection to some higher power. And some call it God, some call it universe, some call it, you know, whatever it is. But at the end of the day, it's it's an anchor to something that is less than what is of, like, in the world, right? Of the world, right? That um, And it's something that is sustains people it becomes an anchor when there's nothing that you know that can help you get through it's this unshakable and unwavering faith that you have that there's something that is guiding you and if you trust it's when it's when all else fails you have that faith faith. you pray to that like not knowing you know you know not not knowing that there's this this body or this this thing that's going to pull you through, yeah. but you have that faith. Like I'm praying to you yeah. to get through this, this or get exactly. this or whatever it is exactly. you're praying to. Like I, I know I totally get it, and I and I almost and I like to think of like this, like <laughs> talking. What I what I like about that is that I think it's the there's an energy form there, yeah. mm-hmm. and there's a synergy energy for thing there that happens, you know, because you pulling that towards you, mm-hmm. that future you want to have happen, you're pulling that towards you through energy. Mm-hmm. 
and um, yeah, there's something something uh, for me. There's something there in the Powerful. energy energy yeah. realm, but also you know in the higher power. I do kind of pray to the higher power. I don't know what the higher power is if it's an alien or what it is, but you know, just <laughs> and back something to your, something hot. And back to your comment about community, like outside of outside uh, of like organized religion. I have, like, I'll give you a perfect example. I went to this conference. It was a women's conference. It's called Women Involve, and it was in uh, Arlington, Texas, and there was 40,000 women in the room. I mean, I'm there as a Catholic. The person next to me is non-denominational. Like, the the religion of what got, like, who, like, what we've grown up with or the background didn't. It was about that common Christianity, right? Like, the fact that there is a God. You know, for us, it was it's God, you know, and, yeah. and, um, and he's there supporting all of us every step of the way, right? And it was just, it was so powerful to be in a room with everyone that for for one, we all agree to yeah. that. Like it's, there's something yeah. about that being so transformative in this world. Um, if you, you look at it, if you look at it as a mindset though too as well. Yeah. So you're, you're believing in a mindset that there's somebody pulling for you, yes, right? Yes, yes. So you you trust you're trusting, right? Yeah. So the way that our brains work, we we have this engaged thinking and disengaged thinking, mm-hmm. and so our disengaged thinking goes all the time when we're kind of daydreaming and stuff like that. There, like if I told you, you know, uh, when you first learned how to drive a car, you had to you know get in and you had to figure out how to put the key in, how to put in the gear, how much pressure to put on the gas. Like now, when you jump in a car, you don't have to do that. It's automatic. Right, yeah. so it's the it's the background process. So this goes much faster. The disengage the the engaged think is when you have to stop and think about something, mm-hmm. or you have to stop and solve a problem. That's the engaged thinking. It takes more power, um, takes more focus. A lot of these things happen in the background, right? A lot of this engage disengaged thinking happens in the background. When we when we use our mindset, like something's going to happen, we allow our minds to work in the background, actively solving that 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 problem. So you know how sometimes you have to work at a problem. You're like I know what, I'm just going to let it go for now. I'll come back to it, and uh, I'll eventually figure it out. And then 20 minutes later, like oh, here's the answer. Yeah, it's because your the background process is working in the background and you solve it much easier because mm-hmm. you're, you're, you're not focusing on it. Mm-hmm. And what I, what I believe is like when we use, use um, like oh, we're all pulling for something to happen, mm-hmm. you know, we're using that background process and, and, and in that space, it's, it's helping us take actions mm-hmm. or saying things or doing things, engaging people that help us pull that future forward. Yes. So if that makes sense. It does. And guess what? We've like totally busted this rapid primers. So <laughs> I have two left. What is an app that helps you with your thrive? Um, my calendar. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, what is one misconception yeah. that people have of you as they see you, you know, in, like on stage speaking podcast, like thriving great life. What is the misconception? Uh, that it's easy. Mm. Yeah, that's not easy. It's not always easy. Yeah, a lot of times it is, but it's not always easy. Yeah, life isn't. It can be. It can be. It can be challenging. Okay. And that, and and what's great about that the challenge is that's an opportunity for us to learn yeah. and to grow and develop and and, and gain muscle. Mm-hmm. Amen. There's no smooth side of a mountain. Mm. So where do we find more of you online? 
johnwestover.com or on LinkedIn or Facebook. But it's johnwestover.com. Amazing new website where we created... uh, we're focusing on our, I say we, I have a lot of people behind the scenes mm-hmm. that support me when I do, but the main topics are um, resiliency, safety, and responsibility, and helping people, you know, uh, get in the driver's seat of life. Ah. And uh, one parting question um, for you, this yep. podcast is called Empowered in My Skin, and would love to understand what that means to you. Empowered in my skin. Um, just the ability to to create the life in the moment, like despite how I look. Like if I lived in any other country, any other third world country, I would not have the quality of life or even the resources of the surgeries that I needed to live this life. Mm -hmm. And so I living in Canada have an extraordinary quality of life, you know, because of this. And, and so, um, yeah, it's like, you know, seeing that there's like my life thrives, Mm -hmm. um, because I'm not held back by, you know, other people's conversations of how I look and what I'm capable of. I love that. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. You've been making sense the entire 40 minutes we've been together. (laughs) So you didn't stop now in that minute. So, John, thank you so much um, for your time, your energy, for saying yes. Appreciate you on this podcast. And I'm sure listeners are extremely inspired um, um, and feeling transformed. So uh, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and knowledge and experience with us. Awesome. Thank you. I appreciate it. And thank you for this time. Thank you for creating this opportunity. And uh, to all those, all those listening, you know, take this opportunity to elevate your life and and be in the driver's seat of your life. I love it. Increase. This whole episode was about increase. Increase your quality of life, he said. Okay. So to everyone that's (laughs) listening, this is where I have to say, we're out. Bye-bye. There you have it. I trust you are feeling more empowered in your skin. As the late Dr. Maya Angelou said, when you get, you give, when you learn, you teach. So it would mean so much for us at EIMS if you would share this episode and tag us or teach an insight that you took from today's episode on your socials and tag us. Feel free to leave us a review over at iTunes and follow us on social media at Empowered of My Skin. Finally, remember to subscribe so you never miss an episode. See you soon.